0: Welcome to Why Therapy, where each week we hear from a mental health professional about why therapy might be helpful for you and how it actually works. I'm Matt Shebb. My guest today is Becky Wofford of Lifespring Counseling with offices in Ackworth and Marietta, Georgia. Our conversation focuses on Becky's work with couples using Emotionally Focused Therapy. She'll explain what all that means as we talk about the uniquely deep loneliness that people experience when they're in a strained relationship.
1: When we're not sure where we stand with the person that we built our lives with, that feels really bad. Like, I don't know if there's a worse feeling.
0: The apprehension they often feel about initially opening up.
1: Most couples come into me the first time and they're just like, they're pretty sure that their story and that their situation is probably like the worst one that I've ever heard
0: and the hope that she knows is possible.
1: If they truly both want to find a way to being able to like know that they're gonna be able to be there for each other, that's usually possible.
0: All right, here's Becky. What sort of problems are people typically running into when they reach out for couples therapy?
1: One of the things that yeah, I'll typically ask a couple Um, Either in kind of the initial phone interview or like definitely in the first session is like, you know, just kind of like what's bringing you in for therapy, like kind of whose idea was it? Um, What would you really hope to get out of this process? Like if, you know, in a perfect world, 100%, this was worth it. What a couple is going to experience is, you know, we keep having the same fight over and over again. We don't seem to be able, we've got these issues that we just don't seem to be able to resolve, whether it's about kids, sex, money, all of those things. Most couples are going to wait somewhere between six and seven years before they come in to get the help that maybe they've been needing for a really long time. A lot of the time when couples are starting to maybe feel more connected and close to each other by the way that's a big one that people oftentimes will say is like we just we want to feel close again we feel so disconnected we don't know how to find our way back to each other like there's so much distance between us like we don't even know like who we are as a couple anymore we love each other but we don't feel like we're in love anymore and then sometimes people are coming in of course with like injuries, you know, the heels of a betrayal. And of course that's super painful. I feel like that most of the time when they're coming in, they're saying something like we don't know how to resolve things. like we have swept so many things under the rug for so many, so many years we don't even know how to talk about them. We don't know how to resolve them. we don't know how to repair these things, something along those lines. And so on a practical level, I think the way that that feels and the way that looks in everyday life is either that they're just, like, running into a lot of conflict over and over again and, like, kind of the same fight over and over again, or sometimes they're not fighting at all. They've stopped fighting, and they're just kind of sitting really alone with these things that are hurting them terribly, but they've they've stopped talking to each other about them. And it, it, it just starts hurting so badly that they don't know what to do. They don't, they don't, you don't know your way forward anymore. And so they're kind of asking a question like, can we find our way back to each other? What EFT, emotionally focused therapists, couples therapists are going to do what I do um, and my colleagues do um, that's, I think a unique thing is we are really looking at the interactional patterns that get in the way of a couple being able to talk about the issues in the therapy process itself. We're not we're not really focusing on the content. We're not helping them strategize about, you know, communication skills or helping them with a the budget, we're really interested in listening to what happens between the two of them when they try to talk about these things and what kind of sweeps them away, what gets in the way of them feeling like, hey, right now you're, we're on the same page, we're on the same team, we can talk about this even if we see it differently, I know that you're still with me. Because typically what's gonna happen is some something happens really fast that's really hard to make sense of. All all we know is it feels awful. And before we know it, like, you know, if it's me and my husband, we're probably both doing or saying things that we don't like any better than the other one does. But it happens so fast. And so the cool thing that I get to do as a emotionally focused couples therapist and and also individual therapist is really, we're just, we're helping people make sense of what's happening in that moment that like hijacks their ability to really feel connected with each other. And we really allow couples to have a very different experience and help them kind of make connections between, okay, in that moment, when I saw you look down at your phone, in the moment that I was trying to kind of tell you something that hurt my feelings, what that said to me is that wasn't important. I'm not important to you. And in that moment, yeah, I got mad and I grabbed your phone out of your hand and told you that you were a jerk. But in this moment right here, if I'm able to talk about, you know, you're really important to me. Like if I don't feel important to you in this moment, like, I'm really sad. I don't know where I stand with you. I feel so alone. And when we're able to kind of talk more from like that vulnerable place rather than kind of maybe an accusatory place, then all of a sudden, like we really are offering, we're helping couples experience different, um, information, but we're doing it more of like at a gut and a heart level and helping them really make sense of what's going on. And really helping them realize, like, oh, wow, in that very moment that I thought you, like, were mad at me or that you were just, like, hating me, there's some part of us, like, we're kind of, like, grasping, like, we just want to know, like, are you there for me? Like, are you going to be responsive to me? Can we engage in this together? And things can escalate really fast for most couples. And it's really hard to organize because it feels so chaotic. Once we're in, you know, limbic system mode, right? Like we're just all like, again, like pursuers are going to be more like fight, fight, fight. Withdrawers going to be like, freeze, shut down, get out of here, right? And it feels, and it doesn't feel good to anybody.
0: It's confusing, it sounds like, because what you're talking about, like when, when, when couples are having disagreements or fights or whatever, Once that limbic system gets hijacked, it seems like a lot of times what you're talking about literally isn't what you're really talking about.
1: That's right. That's right. And we we all kind of know what that feels like, don't we? Like, oh, I thought we were talking about the budget, or I thought we were talking about what kind of windows we want in the house. And I mean, and it can be so mundane, you know one of one of our you know, one of our colleagues will talk about a client that they had, that he had. And it's like, you know, we were just sitting there like peeling potatoes in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, it was like World War Three. And like, we couldn't find our way back to each other. And a lot of the time, you know, it's really hard to find our way back to each other in those moments. And so that's kind of that's, that's really the essence, I think, of what at least the first part of emotionally focused therapy does for couples is really helping them make sense of those moments and like really make sense of like what's happening. Like, Oh, we really are important to each other. And then EFT goes on to really help couples have very different kinds of conversations with each other to the point of really opening up and like revealing parts of ourselves that have probably been there. For a long long time that we've sort of built our whole personality or strategies around kind of hiding those things or protecting those things and it's such a healing experience to finally maybe be able to let someone into
0: those so when they come in to see you and they're really closed off like you described and then um as you work with them more you see them open up and start to communicate better what are some of the things that couples typically learn along that journey
1: so that's just probably the coolest thing in the world is because they because when couples do come in to the couples therapy and they have kind of this hour set apart and they are in the presence of someone of their therapist that you know they feel safe with, that they trust, that they're and they know, okay, this is kind of like the safe space, and we're going to slow things down and we're going to really help make sense of what goes on between the two of us on a you know regular basis. Um, that opens up so much space to really be able to make sense and, um. A lot of the time, what, what we call it is like, we'll call it like we decriminalize kind of our action tendencies that we do with each other. So like, um, mm, I'm thinking of one of my couples right now that he he's one of those guys, he just, you know, he's not going to show a whole lot of um, emotion. He's not going to show a lot of facial expression. But part of what we get to do as couples therapists and emotionally focused therapy is we're really listening for that attachment language. And we're able to kind of like slow it down and kind of put a spotlight on it. So I'm thinking of this um, couple, he's not emotive at all. And so his, his spouse, his wife, Her fear, like where she would go very quickly that felt so painful for her is, I don't think he cares because he doesn't show any emotion. I don't think he cares because he doesn't seem to be bothered by my pain. He doesn't seem to be bothered. And when we're able to kind of slow that moment down and really understand like, you know, so when your wife is, you know, kind of coming at you or making demands or, you know, Even asking incessantly, like, what's wrong? Like, why are you holding back? And to be able to hear things like, no, I, I'm afraid I'm not enough for her or no, I care so much about what she thinks. I'm afraid of getting it wrong. I'm afraid I can't get it right with her. Something along those lines. No, I want to be able to have this bond with her and I don't know how to make it happen. And all of a sudden that kind of changes the game because those are things that in the heat of the moment, those things aren't being expressed for most of us For in most, in most of our relationships. When, when I'm like in the throes of my emotion, I'm not going to be like, babe, you know, right now I just really need to know that I'm important to you. No, I'm going to be like, you don't care. And you know, you, you just think that I'm whatever. But what happens is that we slow things down enough that all of a sudden we're helping couples name what's under the surface. We're helping couples name what's in their hearts. We're helping couples name those desires and their longings that have always been there, that are still there. And they get lost, they get hijacked. By that negative cycle, most couples have kind of a name for what they do. They'll be like the spiral or the you know, the score comes. you know, whatever it is that happens, it feels so bad that couples just can't seem to find their way back from. There's so much happening. And so we're making a lot of those things very explicit. We're naming them. We're kind of putting them out on the table. And so much of the time, People are able to be like, I had no idea that that was going on. I had no idea that that's what you were thinking. I didn't know that that's, and especially when it has to do with, Hey, we really are so important to each other. I really do want to connect with you because that, that gets scary. Like, do you even want this with me anymore? To be able to have kind of a space and kind of like provide a container it's safe enough to help people kind of get into some of those more soft, vulnerable places inside of them that, you know, in the heat of the moment, I'm sure as heck not going to be vulnerable. Like I might say a lot of feelings, but that's not the same thing as being vulnerable. I usually find that within a couple sessions, a lot of the time, like there, a couple is generally kind of naming the same thing. Like something is hurting. Something is getting on our way of being able to connect. We don't know how to get it back. Can we get it back? Do you know how to get it back? And the cool thing is like, I, I do know how to get it back. I do. I know how to do this. I And it. there may be hard things that come depending on, you know, how long have they been together? How long has this negative cycle kind of been hijacking their ability to connect? You know, there there may be some things that have been, avoided or not talked about for a long time that have to come out. And so we do that in a really gentle way to try to kind of help make sense of what they're walking through on a day-to-day basis anyway that is hurting them.
0: It's like a a learning that takes place on a deeper level. And, And it's like you can only get to that kind of learning by taking some risk. So that's the scary part.
1: No, it is so scary. It's so scary. It's super scary. I mean, and risk is the exact right word. I mean, every session, really, that's kind of what we're helping couples dip their toes into is like taking a risk with each other. Like I'm about to show you a part of myself that I've not shown you before probably, I mean, especially later in therapy, probably never showed anybody before. And yikes, like that's super, super scary. And the beautiful thing is, is that when our deepest fears, what we imagine would happen, which for most of us is something along the lines of rejection, I'm not going to be loved, I'm not going to be seen as worthy. When we're able to take those risks and instead have the person that we love be there for us and be able to hold that with us and say, I love all of you. You are, you are mine. I I want to know these things. That is a powerfully healing
0: experience. What would you say to a couple who's listening to this? And it's just like, I hear what you're saying, but it's not going to work for us. Yeah. Like we've, we just we've been having this fight. It's gotten so bad. Yeah. Um, maybe they've even tried counseling before. What would you say to someone who's kind of in that hopeless state?
1: Well, viscerally, it's like, oh yeah, that hurts. That's a hard, hard place to be. And quite frankly, I think it's it's really hard and scary to even think about pursuing therapy again, especially if you've tried it before, especially when you kind of feel like it didn't work or didn't go well, or it just made things worse. Um, Ooh, I think what I would say is that first that that's, well, I just would want everyone to know, like, I don't think anybody's alone in that. Like when our relationships are not feeling good and when we're not sure where we stand with the person that we vowed to spend our life with or that we've built built our world around or our lives with, um, that feels really bad. Like, I don't know if there's a worse feeling. Maybe that's a little extreme. I'm a little bit dramatic sometimes. But I do believe that because I believe that that's, I mean, our our brains our brains interpret that the same way that we do life or death. Like if we don't know, if we don't know where we stand with the person that we love, that we, that we desperately want to love us, that's like panic mode big time. And yes, we all respond to it differently, but it's also a really common human experience. And so I guess what I would say is that there's a lot of different ways of like approaching those things. And I I would say like, I don't think that any therapist could make a promise that therapy is always gonna feel good. But I do think that there's a way, I, I believe, and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident, like for, for so many people, there really is a way through. And maybe that's what it is, right? It's like, there's a way through, but we have to go through you don't have to go through alone and I would encourage people like you know there's resources like we can help you find someone like a good therapist that's going to be with you in that journey that's not going to drop you um I do we talk to couples about you know what what their goals for therapy are like we talked about that earlier like you know kind of how would we know that this is successful and if a couple really does want to feel more connected and if they truly both want to find a way to being able to like reach for each other and know that they're gonna be able to be there for each other, um, that's usually possible. I mean, it really truly is. I would say, you know, sometimes, mm, sometimes the therapy process, there's other things that it can be helpful for is sometimes just making very explicit where a couple is sometimes the couple really has gotten to a point where they need to decide, like, do we really want to do this with each other anymore? And sometimes the process of getting started of like, what's going on between the two of us, that's making it so difficult. You know, it's not, you know, I don't know that any couples therapist can guarantee like your relationship is going to be fixed and perfect and happy forever. For some people, maybe it's going to be more like, okay, we've made clear like kind of where we are and what's hurting and we can work with that too. And I would say, I am trying to think like, I feel like most of the time when couples come in and if they really do want to find their way back to each other, we know how to do that. That's the good news. Most couples come in to me the first time and they're just like, they're pretty sure that their story and that their situation is probably like the worst one that I've ever heard. They're like, I mean, this is probably just like really bad. And so I always just want to say to people like your story, it's, it's like, it's unique to you. It's hurting you in very specific ways because of the way that you are uniquely created and wired. And it's pressing buttons that, you know, in some ways, yes, like this is unique to you it's also nothing that is out of the ordinary or like on the far sides of the bell curve. That is like, that you're like, that there is no hope, right? Like there is hope. And that's what we do. I, I feel like especially as couples therapists as EFT therapists is sometimes we're kind of the placeholder for hope for a couple when they first come in of like just being able to really even listen to like, where are their strengths? and let's hold on to those. And I can see what's happening between the two of you, even if you can't yet, that's okay. I know my way through and, you know, let's go through it together. And and I know where we're going. I know how to get there, right? I'm not an expert on you. I'm not an expert on your relationship, but I do have a different perspective of being able to help you make sense and organize What's going on between the two of you that feels so awful. And I'm going to be very curious and very genuinely. um, I ask a lot of questions sometimes, you know, like if someone says something, I want to know, like, okay, like, how is that for you? I know how it might be for me, but that does not necessarily mean that the way something hits me is the way it's going to hit you. So it's, I think it's a very gentle, warm, collaborative Way of doing couples therapy, like most people just like seeing me for therapy because it does feel even if it's even if it brings up hard things between the couple, the process of it I think is very holding and gentle and kind and collaborative, and the process of it in itself even can be a very healing thing.
0: So, I think a lot of people who have never been to therapy their ideas about what it's going to be like or what it might be like are shaped by TV and movies. So I'm curious, this is something I like asking therapists. I'm curious what your impressions are from what you've seen on TV and movies about therapy and how actually coming to therapy with you might be different.
1: Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. It's like a big question too. Um, Hmm. So I'm like running through kind of like different scenarios of like movies and TV shows and what I notice happening inside of me is like just this like almost this cringy clenching of like, oh my gosh, no, that's not what it is. Um, With couples, like, mm, I mean, it it is kind of not, I don't want to say cheerleading, but I'm helping them find their way. It's never for me. Okay, here's the difference between maybe what we see on TV and movies. It's never on me to necessarily tell a couple what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. It's never really for me to come down on any issue and say, this is probably what you should do with your money or with this or that. But what I also know in the in the stance that I take with my couples and also with my individuals is the people that come to see me, they are very capable, smart, lovely people. and. I fully trust their abilities to be able to make good choices for themselves. And my job is to help them understand what's getting in the way of being able to do that. And in a very kind, gentle way, either help them find different ways of managing what gets in the way, or sometimes even dissolving those things where they just don't have to be obstacles anymore. So. In general, I would say um, I'm not an advice giver and we're going to work together collaboratively. It's not going to be me telling you what you should be doing differently with your life. Um, Caveats to that, obviously, are going to be like, you know, if we hear something that sounds like there's abuse happening, if there's, you know, something that is like very dangerous happening, you know, there's room to be more directive. But in general, I'm going to be much more probably collaborative than maybe sometimes what movies and TV look like. Also, movies and TV, I don't know. I feel like that they can portray kind of like two extremes. One is kind of like the therapist is like your friend. And like the therapist is also sharing a lot about themselves. and that's not the way that works and then the other thing is sometimes the therapist is almost like a still face themselves of like giving nothing back and i'm like gross that would not feel good to me i mean i know that some people ascribe to that but you know i'm i'm kind of like journeying alongside of my clients and i my care for them is very genuine and that's going to show sometimes and. If I share something about myself, it's going to be in service of like, I want, I want to normalize something. I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, I might have something to offer that's been helpful to me, but in general, this is your time. This is all about you. This is not about me trying to overlay my values, my beliefs, what I really, really, really want you to do, because I think your life would be better if you did it. Um, that's it's for me to help you journey towards finding that.
0: All right, that's it for this episode of Here's How Therapy Works. I'm Matt Chedd. Thank you so much to my guest Becky Wofford. It was really a pleasure talking with her. If you'd like to find out more about her practice, you can visit her at Lifespring.org. That's l-i-f-e-s-p-r-i-n-g.org. And if you'd like to find more of my writing, podcasts, or learn about the other services I provide for therapists, you can see my work and contact me through mattshed.com. That's M-A-T-T-S-H-E-D-D.com. Thanks for joining us, and we're already looking forward to next time.